everybody. Welcome to the Tech Raptor Podcast. I'm Robert Scarponito, your features editor. Andrew Rotten, editor-in-chief. Rutledge Doggett, site founder. Andrew Stretch, game streaming editor. Yep, game streaming indeed. Uh, This week, we are dropping our Game of the Year awards. We have a bunch of uh, categories. You all voted on them last week on Twitter, and we've all kind of gotten together and figured out what our winners are. And as you know, objectively, our awards are the only ones that matter. We are the only ones right on the internet. It's true. We promise you that our awards will have more than 30% of them dedicated (laughs) to actually giving awards. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. We do. We did get the Gillette sponsorship, though. So well, the Gillette guy will show up in the articles. Just you can don't tell them I said this, but you can ignore him. Yeah. What's well, first? First, you need to spend five minutes googling Gillette products, yeah. and then open up our website, and then you should start getting served Gillette ads. <laughs> Yeah, but we'll be dropping them just a few every day up until the end of the week on Friday where we will reveal our game of the year. So if you're interested, check out our site every day. It's a fun little thing. And then let us know in the comments on those articles, whether you agree, disagree, all that stuff. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, We're going to talk about, I don't know, some kind of random stuff later today. We're going to talk about the gunk, which was recently released on Game Pass. We're going to talk about this uh, little known Netflix show called The Witcher Season 2. Uh, probably no spoilers, so you don't have to worry about that. But if you're interested in our thoughts, stick around till the second half of the show. But first, let's get into some news. We're going to start with a sort of heavy one. Um, so Bungie has been going through some toxic workplace allegations. Uh, this week a- on The Games Industry is Trash, <laughs> we bring you Bungie. You know, you don't have to say it, because if you just say The Games Industry, the second half, you just kind of yeah. just know. Yeah. Um, Go to yeah, thesaurus.com, so th- type in games industry, and it says trash. Yeah, <laughs> it's trash. Um, yeah, there, there have been some toxic workplace allegations. There were some previously, like a few months ago, and then last week, IGN published a report where it's still ongoing, and uh, Bungie CEO Pete Parsons, I believe is his name, uh, has basically said, we're, we're sorry. A few days later, the head of HR stepped down as well. Is it a we're sorry like, you know, South Park, we're sorry? It, that's the energy I was like going the for. BP, yeah. sorry. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, but yeah, Gail DeHaunt, I hope I'm pronouncing the name right. Uh, they've stepped down as HR. And here we are now where yet another game company roiled in toxic workplace sexism allegations in the workplace i think i mean i i haven't dug too far into the allegations i'm not sure whether um this gail de haunt was was wrapped up in any allegations specifically but this like proactive step of being like we have said there's going to be changes there haven't been changes i'm gonna step down and having this take of like there needs to be people new to Bungie to like flush out the the crap. Um, I think that that's really quite impressive. Um, you know, I hope that wherever they end up next, you know, that's that kind of uh, that kind of a step is seen as a positive. Um, I really like that idea of you know when something is so broken to its core, if it is as bad as like the 
that crappy like sexism harassment like the boys club mentality um then uh i think that that's really smart you know assuming well, hoping that you know whoever is new that comes in has the power has the leeway that that they should have as hr to be able to like lay lay down some hard like not okay <laughs> not okay bad punished like you know uh flushing out out the crap um it's cool to hear yeah and not that i want to be the cynic on the show but so i do agree that it is good it's a good idea to be like we should get someone new in fresh eyes fresh perspective right but like we've said this isn't the only company in the games industry that's had some trouble with the same thing right so what if the next head of hr they hire is someone from riot you know or someone from sony right where where these same allegations have happened like is there anything that's going to change really if it all stays in the game industry you know what i mean Yeah, that's really going to be, you know, the the from the perspective of whoever follows in behind and picks up this shitstorm. Um, because yet yeah, <laughs> whoever's walking into that position, um, you know, it's like coming to your door and there being a flaming bag of shit. It's like, where do I even start? Mm-hmm. But, it's a good it's a good opportunity for someone to come in and like really have an impact, though. At the same time, if you hire the right person, then you know, whatever they do has a chance to really impact the company for the next 10, 15, 20 years. So, um, it is kind of a throw up. I mean, HR in today's world is, is not, I think what most companies hope it would be or what most employees hope it would be. Um, I mean, I'm extremely lucky in my day job to have the HR that we do. Um, but it's, it is kind of tough At, at times. It's, HR is seen as the department that protects the company, not so much the employees. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's a it's a mindset shift that has to change. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm I mean I'm a, a newer person to the to the workforce to adult life. Has there ever been any like push in you know for the idea of HR being a separate company? Like is that ever a thing that people have ever thought about? Like externalizing HR to make it more powerful overall i have a client that basically does that for their clients um, okay in my day job and i don't really know the intricacies of how it works but they basically mm-hmm. i mean they manage most hr components but it's not they're not as tightly integrated with their their clients as you would have with like internal hr yeah um because you lose a little bit of that kind of i don't want to say power um like the tightness of, of kind of how everybody works together yeah. um because essentially you're an outside firm and they're like yeah we need to do this and like it's our company we're not going to do that there's not as much kind of room for that hr department to have the power they need to make positive changes it's just like what we knew that ubisoft did their own was it ubisoft that did their own internal uh investigation into sexism and said well we didn't find any it's like well isn't that well, interesting? <laughs> that's so weird. We investigated ourselves and we're just, we're fine. We, yeah, we're doing well. Whether, you know, you know in I a work situation in law enforcement like and that works out that they're pretty good at investigating. People are good <laughs> at investigating themselves. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they get no. to the truth pretty often. Yeah. There's Ooh, never no. been a problem with that. No. I wonder whether that would be, you know, some kind of 
some kind of company we'll see coming in in the future where, you know, uh, in a situation like this where they want someone external to it or like new to the issue. Because there are definitely companies that just provide HR services for other companies. That's their total job. Just have them come in, flush out the shit, and then establish it's how much you want to. I'm kind of, I don't know, maybe more pessimistic a little bit like Robert, where it's like, I mean, if they can grab some good-ish headlines, like the reaction to this Bungie stuff, because they put out that letter and they're seemingly doing stuff already, people are like, all right, Bungie, we can... We're cool with you, kind of, mostly. Everyone puts down the pitchforks as soon as a well-crafted yeah, PR statement like, gets released. So Bungie's like, well, we won that one, and we're Activision Blizzard's like, fuck, why won't they leave us alone? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, So it's just constant pressure needs to happen all the time. Like Because that's what people like Bungie or other companies, because there's, uh, there's a story like this every, at every big company. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not to this degree or whatever, but it's there. Um, and they just hope that they're not the ones in the headlines. And if they are, they hope they can say or do something and have it blow over quick enough to where people forget about it. Well, I think we're seeing a generational shift too. You know, we've yeah. got people kind of our age who are getting into more prominent positions within these companies that have a different mindset in terms of how a company should run, how employees should be treated, um, stuff like that. So I think we're that's probably why we're hearing a lot more about it these last couple of years like publicly and and people coming out is I think there is this kind of generational shift where as opposed to, you know, probably in the past, um, people kind of just kept it under wraps for the most part. Our generation is much more likely to speak out and say things, I think, um, not to shit on boomers, but to shit on boomers. Um, and uh, even zoomers, I think, you know, the generation after, after us is, more vocals than millennials are for sure. Um, so the next five to 10 years are going to be interesting in terms of what we start to see coming out of these companies. And I hope that the companies that we've respected for as long as we have actually take a lot of this stuff seriously and, and make change rather than, you know, Hey, I'll write a, a press release in a different executive's name and hope for the best. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm well, looking forward to coming out of Activision? Hmm. Bobby Kotick. Yeah. Oh, I get it. <laughs> well, that's the, like with it, we say these companies we've liked or whatever have done something. Uh, so Activision Blizzard in particular, all those people that have been in the positions of power, uh, they can't be in them anymore. Like, it's just, that's it. That's the problem. Like, all these, these industry people, industry veterans that have been around forever. Um, but time's up, guys. Like... We got you. Got to move on if you really want the company to move on or improve or grow or change or improve. There's nobody that thinks you know what the guy that allowed all this to continue to happen and did it himself. He could probably fix it. He's the right man for the job. No, like, and that story is true in a, a ton of different companies. It's the same thing. Yeah, I think that. I mean, leadership is not easy. Um, Speaking from experience, I know I've made my fair share of really stupid decisions over the last eight years. But with everyone, you have to learn. And it feels like a lot of these people in these these leadership positions, they make a mistake and they double down. Rather than saying, oh shit, this was wrong. Maybe I should like look inward and be like, how can I do better? 
Um, instead, it's like, oh, we didn't, we don't think, we didn't think that was wrong, so whatever. Um, I think the people that have a mindset of I need to grow and I need to change and I need to be better are the ones that are best positioned in these leadership roles. The ones who continue to push that it's not a problem are the ones that need to go. Um, it's it's just such an important. It's the difference between a leader and a manager, I guess. You know, the two very different words. A leader is someone who leads and takes care of their people. A manager is someone who just manages their people. Um, two very distinct ways of, of, of running a company. And I think that, I mean, I hope that we start to see people put into positions of power within these companies that actually want to do good and actually want to improve and own up to their mistakes and improve on their mistakes. Um, but I think that a lot of the old guard is, is set in their ways, right? You know, it's, we've, it's been a boys club forever. We want to keep it that way. Like, no, you've got to, you've got to improve because yes, you're still going to have the toxic gamers that are pieces of shit on social media and harass developers and stuff like that. But there, there is a growing number of gamers that don't like that culture, um, whether they were a part of it at one point or not. Um, you know, we've all been shitheads in our, our young years, but at some point you have to grow up and be better. Yeah. Cause it's interesting that you, that we've been saying it's like a generational thing. Cause I think there is a little truth to that. Right. Cause I remember when I was like really young or even like a little before my time, there was that, just that weird, you know, video games are for boys. Barbies are for girls. That sort of garbage mentality. Right. And then the people who were older than me at that time grew up, were teenagers under their formative years and later, right, in that mindset. And other people who might be in leadership positions, maybe not like CEO, but like higher level managers, right? Where like they grew up with like, yeah, of course, no one would want to play a girl in Assassin's Creed. <laughs> That's stupid, right? And when you have those people who grew up in that mindset making those big sweeping decisions about the video games they're making and in charge of, this is the sort of workplace culture you get, right? So I'm hoping 20, 30 years from now, when people our age might be in leadership positions at these companies, things will be different, right? But who knows if that change will happen or not? All we can do is just keep pushing and keep raising awareness to it, right? Yeah. And I mean, that's that's our job as press, right? Is, is to bring bring more visibility to these issues and, and report on it and keep the pressure. And, you know, I've said this like a million times. I hope that our colleagues keep the pressure too, um, because it, it'll come to a point that these companies just can't keep doing what they're doing. And whether that's monetary loss or something along those lines, the only way that we see change is pressure. Mm. So speaking of change only happening from pressure shall we now switch over to talking about gsc game world the the development studio behind stalker 2 that everyone is very excited about and uh last week they made this huge announcement that didn't bother anyone everyone was super excited about this uh you can buy an nft to be an npc in the game no fucking thanks exactly because that's what everyone uh, I see. And then everyone said that. And then I think it was what yesterday or to, over the weekend slash Friday, they said, just kidding. <laughs> Never We've mind. Heard your feedback and yeah. uh, we're not going to do this. But they had a very different statement that they accidentally published on Twitter, too. 
<laughs> so that was that was not quite of a uh uh we screwed up guys so yeah because now the current statement on their twitter timeline is uh we hear dear stalkers not a great name for your fans <laughs> we we hear you Based on the feedback we received, we've made a decision to cancel anything NFT related in Stalker 2. The interests of our fans and players are the top priority for the team. We're making this game for you to enjoy, whatever the cost is. If you care, we care too. I mean, what a bunch of cowards. This should just stuck with it. <laughs> you know this should have gone forward with the NFTs? Why not? They're going to make their money off it. People are going to do what they're going to do. Like NFTs are here to stay. I'm not, yeah, I'm not like them. I'm not a proponent of them. I think that they are uh, scams completely. They have no value. Uh, they actually harm the industry and the people in it and just the world. They're mm -hmm. awful. But they're going to be here because idiots like to buy shiny things or status things. And people are very vain. And if I can say, I own this thing, this unique thing, and it is mine, people want it. Could you imagine kind being of, the kind of person who's like, oh, me? I'm an NPC in Stalker 2. I, <laughs> <laughs> you can talk to me in Stalker 2. Do you that even cool. know who I am? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, there's of, the statement that they accidentally published was basically, they, I mean, they doubled down. Um, oh, the first so, one? Yeah, the, fir the first one was very Just long and they doubled down. Yeah. I mean, they were like, you know, it's they're not the NPCs aren't even involved in the story, but we also want to transparently disclose our plans for the future NFTs. We are going to implement nicknames of the owners on some in-game desks, walls, etc. Um, and then just a lot more. And the text on this is there's a lot of parentheses, and it's confusing the shit out of me. Um, yeah, just remember they just Bob I mean they doubled down and published this, and then immediately pulled it and then published the one that's like sorry we're not going to do it yeah. mm. um so it's 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 interesting to had they not done that everybody would have been like yeah cool whatever but some people are like uh what so i i don't know if i believe that they're they fully pulled back on the nfts knowing that they were going to double down if they could like my big question is like i've never developed a game so you know i I don't know how hard it is, but if within the span of two days, you can announce that NFTs are going to play a role in your video game, and then two days later say, never mind, they're not, is it something that they just kind of like, for lack of better word, tacked onto the game to make more money, and then untacked it off the game when they Absolutely. realize it's bad press, right? And yeah. it's like if if it's that easy, well, I don't know how easy it is to implement, but if it's easy enough where you're like your PR messaging can be, we're doing it, just kidding, we're not. Like they wouldn't do that in like GTA if they were like, and we're gonna have a second city, and then two days later, like just kidding, we're getting rid of that second city. It's just gonna be the one city, right? Like they wouldn't, <laughs> they wouldn't waste all that development time, right? Yeah. It's. I mean, it would have. It would have. What required the the art team to mock up a single NPC model that they could drop into the game with probably some placeholder, uh, some placeholder text and give them a walk pattern. Okay. It does seem very tacked on, though. Is you know if they can, it, you know if 
in the the hidden statement that they pulled back. They're like, oh, wouldn't have been involved in the story. They probably would have been in some cave somewhere that like you need to know where to go to even talk to them. Um, yeah, you know it's it's kind of funny. I will that they... say though that it's the more interesting one of any game that you've thought of. Like some were like, here's you know here's a little shitty piece of art. Now fuck off. This is like, no nah, man, we'll put you in the game. Like at least it was that. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like that's actually like all right. If you're gonna do it, I'm, that's the way to do it. But this, that's still stupid. It yeah, kind of messes ridiculous. with that whole like idea of people being able to resell the NFT as well. It's yeah. like, you know, I know that there was a certain, they were talking that there would be a certain period between when they were doing the drop and when it would actually happen. So I guess you just need to try to get in as many like sales and trades um, in like a short amount of time. Um, but like it, you know, this would kind of almost defeat the purpose of an NFT. You know, really what they could have just said is we're going to do an auction to be an NPC in the game. Mm-hmm. And it would have had the exact same effect. Yep. Well, I was thinking like, this is like a reminded me of the, a lot of the like backer rewards on Kickstarter. Like we'll put you as an NPC mm-hmm. in the game, that kind of stuff. Like this isn't a new idea. Yeah. But, and I think uh, we we're talking in our Slack about it with some of the uh, staff. And I think uh, one of them was saying it, they, Sam was saying our reviews editor was that, that NFT what what an NFT is um like technically def, you know, by definition is probably going to exist in some form but all this other stuff that we already have is just going to take on the NFT name probably <laughs> and it won't won't really be an NFT but that's the buzzword so it'll be then morphed into that. Oh, get your NFT now. You know, this DLC, this NFT, which was, you know, it's just regular DLC or whatever. Like how about um, three years ago, we started getting bombarded with PR emails that specifically brought up how this game is built with the blockchain. Yes. Mind. Yeah. And it's game. just going to be, this is going to be the new hot, the new hot term mm-hmm. um, that will accompany any new game and any we'll, new feature. we'll lose all meaning eventually because it's going to be applied to everything mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of like how metaverse doesn't mean anything anymore because microsoft has a metaverse facebook or excuse <laughs> me meta has a metaverse fortnite and now stalker 2 apparently well not anymore i guess <laughs> uh-huh. but they wanted to build the stalker metaverse and it's like this is a garbage word that has no <laughs> meaning anymore just let me buy my Synergy. games with sheep coin <laughs> yeah i mean i'm I, overall i'm I'm glad that nfts aren't playing a big role in this game anymore because i think it just would have felt even worse than like you know it already feels shitty when you boot up a single player game and then there's like the store tab mm-hmm. uh, in, in the main menu right like whenever whenever i see that i'm like Ugh, this would be worse than that to me it, yeah. it'd and feel if, worse nfts are gonna i think that you know for microtransactions and stuff they've been a part of campaigns you know and and single player games for a while now and i think nfts is just going to be that latest push for developers to try to take something so common in like free-to-play mobile games and try to get those whales onto um onto the console space and even more so that they can say not just can you spend a hundred dollars and you get a rare mount and that person can also spend a hundred dollars like no you spend a thousand dollars 
that's your mount. And then, you know, someone with way too much money and way too much time on their hands will say, yeah. And that will, you know, fuel the development of the next eight games from the studio. Mm. Uh, NFTs are going to be around, like, like you're kind of saying, like it's going to make its way into those little shop menus um in some form is it maybe it's not gonna be a big thing but like kind of what you're saying it's so easy to tack on why wouldn't you even if one percent of the player base or half a percent of the player base is getting into it it's that easy to do that you're the sheer amount of money being spent on them right now yeah leave money on the table if you're not doing it somebody sold an invisible statue for eighteen thousand dollars that's that's just regular old art stuff like i just art world's messed up i mean it's like the banana right the banana on the wall yeah um but i mean the thing is if nfts can really be tacked onto anything so easily like could you imagine i don't fucking know like uh tiny tina's wonderland right like the borderlands games are all about like oh you farm this boss to get that cool weapon but what if that one out of the billions of guns out there what if that one was your you own that one alone Uh because it's an nft and you pay a thousand dollars it would make sense in games more so than traditional art if i'm if i'm being honest you can nft a game and actually have some of those protections in there compared to being able to right-click and save as. <laughs> right-click, save as. <laughs> um, so I feel, like the, I feel like the application for NFT in games is more plausible than traditional art, because, just because of how traditional art and digital art and, and things like that are, are way too easy to exploit. Um, you know, I, I saw a DeviantArt person say they're closing down their DeviantArt because people were just taking their images off and putting them on the NFTs without permission. Which, if you're one of those people, go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's I the, think that's that the, games could, could you don't do it. The hustle, come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, I think that games have a lot more potential to have protections for NFTs in game, especially if you're doing some sort of an in, in-game store that you know something along those lines that it's running through the game. It's not running through anywhere else. Um, and like, but I don't definitely... have confidence on execution right now. I think that it's. It's too new. Um, it's too focused on money right now, which mm-hmm. is why you're seeing a digital rock sell for eight hundred thousand dollars. Like, I, there are I don't get there it. are a, there are a number of like good uses for NFTs that could definitely like be a thing, mm-hmm. but it's it's just gonna become our generation's pyramid scheme, like or like the next evolution well, of like a pyramid scheme. Get yeah. rich quick. Well, I, what I see NFTs become eventually is so let's. Bring it all back to horse armor for yes. a second. <laughs> and the original DLC. What it yeah. will be is, here's your horse armor in this shade of color. Here's your horse blue. armor in this different bluey color. But it's different. If you look at the code, it's a slightly different blue. And here's yours in red. And that's what it's going to be all these, or whatever. It's going to be these very minimal cosmetic changes but some of them are going to look much cooler and those are going to be the ones that are worth more are well, you saying it took us 15 years to reverse engineer horse armor yep hmm. so horse armor of very different colors that are unique to you have a unique color to you that you have now collected that is the future of nfts to me i hate yeah. it yeah <laughs> but you well, own it. it's your horse armor yeah, it's it's blue, just like 
the blue bomber. <laughs> oh, no. uh, hey, Mega Man's going to be on Netflix. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, well, allegedly, reportedly, the production studio, uh, what was the name of them again? Uh, it was Super March, Super Marche. I don't know. Uh, paper Mache? Yeah. Paper Mache. No. Uh, Super Marche, March. They're, they published on their site that they are working on a live action Mega Man film. Boy. And this one will allegedly be for Netflix. Uh, this is the same studio that's produced movies like Catfish and I think Paranormal Activity 4 and like one or two Bloomhouse production movies. Um, I I don't know. I'm excited. Mega Man. You are? He, he, deserves, he deserves something. I agree. But <laughs> this... This is like yeah, killing you guys him. Are, this is like you old guys are missing him. the long play. We've we've got Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie, the the Mario movie coming out that's animated, or even going back to the live action one. Um, we've got Detective Pikachu for live action Pokemon, and now Mega Man, Smash Bros. Cinematic Universe. There it is. <laughs> that this was is the it. Big... This is the setup. Yeah. This is this is we're gonna we're gonna get them all together. They're all here. That'll be it. Put it on the poster. <laughs> Sell as, a million copies. As long as Sora shows up somehow, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Imagine it. <laughs> it's it's Haley Joel Osment voice him right. Imagine him just playing Sora, <laughs> <laughs> showing up. Or he, he could great. play like an older grizzled Sora. Yeah. Like I've seen I've seen some shit. <laughs> <laughs> you He's don't like, pull, you don't even pulls out a cigarette. Fire! <laughs> you don't even know what darkness is. <laughs> but I think I'm I'm all for more and more video game movies. Yeah, they can be hit and miss, but you know my my biggest concern. Um, I'll get back to it. The Sonic movie, the Sonic Actually, movie. Yeah, I would say that, that was new pretty trailer decent. looks great. It does. Uh, I mean, and, we talked about that last week. Yeah, um, Detective Pikachu. I would say that's a hit. Yeah, that was fun. Bill Nye Ooh, voicing low, YouTube. Low Who would have hit. ever guessed that? Mm-hmm. Um, my big question is: in a in a Mega Man movie, how are they going to do plot pacing? Like, are they just going to have it focus on one master or ignore oh, the sh- concepts of masters? Sure. Like, how are you going to have like that many high points, or is Scrappy are we just going to get like a training <laughs> montage? Hear me out. He's chomping okay. at the bit. He's chomping it's at gonna, the bit. So it's no, gonna... no, no, Rob. So I'm I'm an exec at the at the Netflix uh, offices right now, and I want you. I want you. What's your elevator pitch? Go. Have you seen Bandersnatch? Yes, <laughs> it's Bandersnatch. Oh. <laughs> it's on Netflix, right? So it's Bandersnatch. Oh shit! Choose your own adventure. Yeah. Oh, you load gosh. it up. You get a little bit of an intro scene. You know the the Mega Man from the from the NES box art shows up, and uh, you know, and then you get to a, a cutscene screen where you can just be like, which which master? And then if you do it, if you know all the weaknesses, like if you know, I need to go and fight the armadillo guy after fighting the other guy. Oh god! Um, I'm saying, you can get what a best if, or a worst ending. What if that's it though? That would be kind of rad. Not gonna lie, it'd probably be pretty awful. But in terms of like being faithful to what Mega Man is, that'd be cool. I mean, that would be uh, unique. Yeah. Well, like each each master is like a 10, <laughs> 10 15 minute cutscene. Yeah. Mm. Well, not it, sold. It, it's a it's a movie stretch, not a cutscene. How are Sorry. you gonna make how are you gonna movie. make a live action 
Mega Man and not make Mega Man look fucking ridiculous. He's gonna look as ridiculous. he's gonna walk on screen. You're like, this looks stupid as shit. I can't. They could imagine. probably do something similar to what they did with that Power Rangers reboot movie. That like they're not wearing like skin tight leotards, but they give them like actual armor. Because I think yeah, well, he's I gonna, do agree I that it would be really armor. kind of weird to see him just show up in a in a blue leotard and a dancer's belt. I was picturing um, him in armor, <laughs> and I was still picturing him as being fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, in a in a world of CG, right? Like in a world, I mean, in a world where the blue bomber is real, it's twenty XX. No, Mega but, Man, Mega yeah. Man. <laughs> no, but I mean, like Spider Man, the, the new Spider Man movie just came out. Even though it's live action, literally half of that movie is CG, right? Like oh, if you oh, get yeah. the right special effects studios, you could make a Mega Man in quote unquote live action look decent. It's just a matter of you know they don't have Disney money behind. I mean, yeah, them, you're, so. you're yeah you're comparing Disney and Marvel to <laughs> yeah, I, the, I don't the know people about... who made one of the paranormal activities. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm aware. I'm just saying there's a poss- there's a chance there's a chance. I don't know about that. Mega Man picks up like a groceries bag of lemons and just starts hurling them at people. <laughs> I mean, this this does have Netflix behind it. Like Netflix yeah. has some weight. Uh. So what I was saying before, we just be Mega Man Battle Network, because Mega Man's in the internet. Just do it that way. That could work. That could. I mean, you know, people have been chomping at a bit for more. Jacking Mega in, Man, jacking uh, out. Mega Man dot net or Mega Man EXE. That's it. Mega Man EXE. Yeah. I mean, I'd go for a Mega Man X too. I- I'd love that, but I I'm assuming based on everything we know, this is probably just your classic. Oh, I'm sure it's Mega gonna be Man. regular old Mega Man. Yeah, can't even dash for shit. They they have done a, an animated movie at least way way back in the day for the first Mega Man X game, which, mm. which you know had a uh, had X versus Sigma. I think his name was Sigma. Yeah, the, the big um, bad. And I mean, yeah, and like that works. You can definitely like skip or truncate a lot of the masters and stuff. I just like what will what will those like you know upgrade to get new weapon like changing suit colors like how how good or how cringy is that gonna look <laughs> do you think it'll be you know emotional enough to make me cry like an anime fan on prom night i hope so oh right. my god i yeah hope it'll get a mighty number weight. yeah it'll be mighty number nine out of ten that's what our <laughs> review will be for it <laughs> I, I mean, imagine imagine the story where it's like this whole time, Mega Man, you're a robot, not a real boy, and then at the end of the movie, he sheds a tear, and everyone's like, "That's the that's the emotional character arc. Oh. He he is he grew a human heart. Out of all the powers he got, the best one was the human heart." Oh my god. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I hope it's good, but you know, we'll we'll see. It's not even technically official. Netflix has not made it official. It's true. Right. So this could all just be a hoax from Supermarsh, but that'd be kind of weird for them to do that. I um, mean, Mega Man has a history of doing that with Legends 3 anyway. That's true. <laughs> oh, you hurt me. You hurt me. Yeah, I'm, I'm also right in that camp with you. The Legends games are awesome. Yeah. Mm. They've just got such like a, a unique vibe to them. I, I don't know. I... And like we got the classic Mega Man spiritual successor. We got the Banjo-Kazooie spiritual successor. The Mega Man Legends spiritual successor failed. 
It's like, come on, what is it, what is wrong with this game type that yeah. it's just never gonna get made? It's that, it's it's that in Dark Cloud three for me. Yeah, but no one cares about Dark yeah, Cloud. Nobody oh, cares. You. <laughs> no, it's it's amazing there. how there's all these like big mascots from the nineties, and like Mario's kind of the only one still that's like one out with some like good stuff still. Because like, I mean, what what we had Mega Man eleven a couple years ago or whatever, right? Came out, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which uh, people seem to like well enough, but it's just like okay, that was. I mean, we got more of what we like, I guess. But it's like, man, we had all these big, big time mascots like Sonic and Mega Man and your Marios. It's like, how are these companies continually just screwing it up still? Hey. And hey, not doing anything with them. Spyro movie win. I'm just, Sonic that, Frontiers. That already got announced and canceled. Oh, did it? That was years ago. Yeah, there was a, there was a Spyro movie that was meant to be um, based on the Legend of Spyro series. Where Elijah Wood was the voice actor for uh, that was Elijah Wood as the voice actor for Spyro, Spyro. and then in the in the later two games, um, it was Wayne Brady as Sparks. <laughs> no way. The the first one in the first one of the Legend of Spyro games, it was um, what's the name of that? The David Spade. David Spade. Yeah. What, who did he voice? He was he was Sparks in the first one, but also uh, like Gary Oldman was Ignis, like the large fire dragon. What the hell? That was a weirdly large cast for um, for a, a Spyro video game. Wow. They went all in. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, here's the thing: Net- Netflix isn't a stranger to adapting video game shit, right? So I Why have don't we a- toss a coin to The Witcher. Yeah, I have a little faith in the Mega Man, but at the very least, we can all watch The Witcher, no, which is now live on Netflix. That's not a video game adaptation, let's be clear. Oh, that's True. right. It's based True. on the books. That's right. Even though, at least in the first season, Henry Cavill sounded straight up like D- Doug, Co- Doug Cockle? The, the the VA from The Witcher, the games? I'm just going to let you keep Sorry, going. I just, I just need to yeah. really quickly say that in the in the third of The Legend of Spyro games... It was Christina Ricci was the female lead, um, and also Mark Hamill was the bad guy. No way! Wow! Like this is stupidly stacked. Okay, back to The Witcher. <laughs> back to The Witcher. Uh, season two dropped last week. Uh, I'm pretty sure some people listening to this right now have probably already seen all of it. And now I'm jealous. The, well, I'm sure. Yeah. On, on the show right now, that is not true for us. For how many episodes are it? I'm in. There's I'm in eight. six now. There's eight of them. So eight. I've got yeah. two left. Mm-hmm. I I only saw the first episode. Yeah. So I mean, this will be a spoiler free look because we care about you, listener. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I will not spoil um, anything. Um, but it gets better from from episode one. I mean, how far are you in? Five episodes in. Okay, so you're about I where mean, I am. It sounds like overall this season is just better than season yeah, one. Yeah, a lot of the problems I had with this first season aren't here in the second one. Because I, what my biggest especially... thing with the with the Witcher in the first season, I had the thing that a lot of Netflix shows have, where there's kind of this, I don't want to say cheap, but this just weird production value to it, where like, like for the Witcher, like everything was just too clean and neat, and like corners. Like I'm thinking of there's that really cool scene from the first season where like he like, you know, he basically murders all those fucking dudes like in the street 
and that street's that, just immaculate. That one take. Like, immaculate. And you're like, this doesn't look... It looks like I'm on. I'm watching a play. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't yeah. look like a lived-in world. And that's when all these, like, Amazon is trying and Netflix is trying to replace Game of Thrones. Like, that was the one thing that Game of Thrones was, like, super excellent at. Is like, this looked like just a real, like, place. Like, I was in it. Right. Where all yeah. the... Where, where the first season of Witcher was like, man, I, I'm definitely on a movie set. Or, like, on a play or something. And then the season two... I don't get that vibe. If they've upped the game, it's like game. that Disney World effect. Yeah, exactly. That everything, you know, is is specifically designed to be old. Yep. But you can tell how specific that design is. And this, it's a big thing in a lot of Netflix shows. I've noticed. It's also really good to to hear that like season two not only is better because this this first episode just explodes out the gate Great so episode. fucking good, and if it keeps getting better. Because there's also been all of the talks in this latest PR cycle that they plan to go seven seasons. Yeah. What? And like there is there is outlook to go seven seasons that they have said that the the wild hunt will be their Thanos level event. So it makes sense. Like, you know, I uh with Game of Thrones, it kind of, you know, because there wasn't that end point. Um, oh, there was. You know, it's it's hard to stick. Well, well yeah. <laughs> oh, it ended. It's, yeah, we we know that we know that they that did stab. not stick that landing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But with with them going in and having so much knowledge, so much like backing of being like, yeah, we're confident you'll be able to get seven seasons. Here is where we plan to get to. Um, they can have time to set up all of the pieces, and they don't need to just have a character go crazy and murder an entire village in an episode for reasons. Not that that happened in Game of Thrones or anything. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, un- unlike Game of Thrones, correct me if I'm wrong, but The Witcher books are done, right? Uh, like, uh, waiting. Uh, yeah. Oh. I mean, I think for the, the, the most series part story is. is. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm a, so I've been starting to reread or not even reread read the books. Um, and it's been interesting seeing the correlations. Um, season one I think was very faithful to the first Witcher book, which is basically just a collection of short stories in random order, um, which yep. is probably why everybody was like, what the fuck is going on in this season? Yeah. Um, so if you're confused as shit uh, watching the first season, that's why it's coming from a collection of short stories. Um, but once you get into like book three, book three is basically where you're at in season two. Mm. Um, and so season one had a lot of like kind of one-to-one adaptations to that first book they've diverged a bit in terms of how things play out in season two, but it's still, there's still a lot there. There's a couple of lines that, uh, Geralt says that are just straight from the book, just a a total line straight from the book. And apparently that's thanks to Henry Cavill being, um, having read the books and, uh, I guess he'll, according to my wife, she said she saw something that, uh, he would be like, we should say this because it's in the book type stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. And as we know, Henry Cavill is a mega nerd, um, which fucking rules. But um, it's been interesting to see the changes they made from season one to season two to specific characters, not saying anything um, just because of, uh, I think it came down to actor preference too, which is an interesting thing to see. Um, Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I still want to, like, dive deeper into it. Because, like, for me, when I finished season one, I was a little like, eh, it's fine. 
you know, I wasn't super moved by it. Mm -hmm. I think the uh, the jumping timeline was an interesting choice, not necessarily mm -hmm. a good one. Um, so I was like, if they make a season two, I am I'll check it out. But I wasn't like, yeah, season two, let's go. But after the first episode, I'm like, yeah, OK, I'll see this through. I'm going to I'm going to see how it ends and then we'll see where we're at for season three. Yeah. You know, if, if I'm excited for more or like I've had my Witcher film. Because yeah, the season yeah. two is where it starts the overarching story, kind of like where it was saying. Because the first two books are just short stories, mm. and then it starts with okay, now we're we're telling a, a straight up story of whatever this like more little political intrigue starts happening. Like you get introduced to the various kings of the various nations, and they want to do things and are doing things. Um, so things get a little bigger in scope instead of just Geralt walking down the road with you know, a bard and doing things. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully season three. And if they go up to season seven, hopefully just they, they nail the landing and they don't do a game of Thrones. Right. So, yeah. So far, I think they have the right cast too. I think that mm. the castings they've done have been brilliant. Um, without spoiling anything, the Siri actress is just superb. Mm. Um, Pretty good. And Henry Cavill has, just nonstop crushes girl. I really, really like him doing it. And then as you meet some of the other witchers and some of the other people, it's been very, very solid castings. Um, and it's just really, uh, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm loving season two. So yeah, wait till I can't wait to see Henry Cavill as Mega Man. <laughs> Please though. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, we're screwing up. It's Chris Pratt. It's going to be Mega Man. Forgot yeah, it's that. Chris or Pratt. Nobody, nobody can play video games. That probably wouldn't be characters. the worst casting. I actually, real talk. I think Ben Schwartz could be a good Mega Man. <laughs> I was gonna say uh, yeah. Tom Holland. You just oh, Tom, Tom Holland, Holland yeah. sticks yeah. with blue mm. hair heroes. Mm -hmm. who's, who's the next blue one after <laughs> Mega Man? He could do. Yeah, we we can't we can't have Ben Schwartz be Mega Man as well because then when we get to the cinematic universe, we're gonna have yep. two characters with the same voices. Yeah, yeah, I cannot true. forget about the the cinematic universe. Yeah, the big brain tactics that are going on here. Yo, this this Kirby origin film is going to be huge. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like the Venom movies, isn't and, it? And then, I'm trying to think, like, what what other Smash Bros. character, like, having, a, like, an origin film would just be bonkers? Samus. Link. Would be bonkers. Like, I could imagine crazy. a Legend of Zelda movie. I could, like, imagine a Metroid movie because of, like, how concrete the plot line is like a, a kid icarus movie i think would just be like what game and watch there yeah, we game go watch. <laughs> how are you gonna rob how are you gonna turn that and, and it's a, get drama. a star fox movie i mean that, that just sounds like cool. star wars like, that would actually be really cool like thinking yeah, about it better than star wars. a few that would yeah. be neat okay I mean, we gotta push movie it. could be fucking cool that's true like, too. I, there's a lot of potential there, like four movies. Yeah, I'm thinking um, a an F Zero movie directed by Edgar Wright with the visual design of the live action Speed That's Racer. Exactly film. what I was thinking about <laughs> Speed Racer. <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> Edgar Wright would be really good for that. Oh, and yeah. you just need to have have one really well known person get to do the. You got boost power. <laughs> <laughs> that can be Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt can be the Yugo Boost Power guy. <laughs> yeah, Chris Chris Pratt should play like a random role in every one of these movies, so he can like make the cameo he, in the big. He comes out is as it, is like, it like the big Stan Lee. He's like, 
Mm-hmm. He comes out. And then as he reveals hand. himself as the as the monster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he puts on the white glove, and then yeah. you're like, "Oh shit, it's him!" You know, what? he takes off his like flesh glove, and it's the white hand <laughs> underneath. <laughs> we need to, you know, what anybody who's got Nomura's email? Don't we? Don't I we do. all? Uh, You'll find I, him I in an him elevator. Fix exactly. <laughs> Just keep jumping into elevators. That's where things happen. Uh, hey. Hey, Rut, do you want to talk to us about the gunk? What What is the gunk? It's a great um, name, first of all. It is. Like, so I'm a big fan of Image and Form and Thunderful and the SteamWorld series, um, stuff like that. So I was looking forward to checking out the gunk. And um, it's about five, six hours long. So it's not crazy long. It's It's pretty easy to get through. There's not really any, there's no difficulty settings, anything like that. It's very, very story driven. Um, and, and not difficult from a puzzle perspective. It's just, it's a fun time. I wouldn't call, I'm not going to call it an amazing game, but the, the gameplay loop, the music, the, the, everything around it is just really, really solid. Builds a, a, a unique world that's fun to explore. Um, and I can't really say too much more without like actually spoiling plot lines. Um, but basically you are landing on a planet that, uh no one's ever been to and uh there's this this ooze uh, that you're basically G- cleaning up gunk, you the gunk, say? if you will yeah. gunk. i don't know how else to explain it um it, and it, it's used in an interesting way in the environment to where when you clean it up plants grow which opens up ways to get around different obstacles and stuff like that um and and there's this this relationship between two of the characters that's just very fun and enjoyable um and and emotional at times that it definitely like i was like wow this is this is a little heavy um so for a five to six hour game it's it's superb um for me i i really i basically just sat down and played through it the entire game yesterday not knowing how long it was i just kept going because i didn't want to put it down Mm. um so if you're looking for um a solid game for five six hours like the gunk is is very very good and i can't recommend it enough oh, yeah, that might have to be what i do tomorrow then yeah because that's just sit down and get through it's it. on games pass game yeah. pass right yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um it, it's worth the time for me uh, I, if i had to score it like 7.58 that's the um, official review right there i, I should <laughs> probably should write a review now huh? <laughs> uh hey stretch what have you been playing I've been playing uh, Game Pass ADHD, mm. which is where I've only ever had a chance to sit down for like 10 or 15 minutes at a time this entire week between, you know, work and holiday shopping and holiday events and stuff. And all those dinners so, with Nomura, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. We're tweaking my uh, my fanfics. Um, <clears throat> so I've, I've played a little bit of the gunk. Um, I played a little bit of that Ben 10 game. I played a bit of Deer to Simulator, and I've been playing a fair bit of Fighter Z. Hell um, yeah! All on Game Pass. But really, one of the one of the cooler things that I've been trying is the the built in Game Pass streaming. Um, I'm just gonna, you know, um, I'd like to thank the the Academy for providing this game streaming. <laughs> and and um, for the audio listeners at home, he's holding up an actual Oscar statue. He somehow got an Oscar statue. 
nice tearing up. Um, but like, I, I don't have like crazy, crazy high level, uh, internet or anything. I've got like a hundred down streaming games to, to my Xbox, you know, removing that further barrier of entry of, you know, not needing to download the 10 gigabytes of fighter Z. Um, but I've been like doing the combo challenges and stuff that you like by the end of the character combo challenges, you need to, uh, like you need to work through like a 15 hit combo and you can do it. You can do it. There's very little to no latency. Um, I've had some issues with latency streaming to my mobile phone, but to the console itself, um, it's, it's pretty unbelievable how well that works. Mm. Um, to be able to just pick up and put down a game like that Ben 10 game, I would have not given the time to download it, but that I could hit, you know, I could bring it up and hit play uh, and just be in the game was pretty, pretty ludicrous. And that's I believe the same thing that I was doing with <laughs> Stadia. Yeah, it's I mean, yeah, it's but it's Stadia that I already pay for. <laughs> so I don't want to pay for it and it's stadia with the games included oh mm. that's where they screwed up yeah pretty it's, much it though. sounds like exactly what stadia wanted to be right and then just kind of that didn't pan yeah. out huh but just stadia didn't have the backing of like oh we've already got a partnership with all of these companies and then they added the hey, game hey, streaming hey. on top of it we're talking about stadia like it's dead it still exists for now for now yeah it's still around <laughs> It's not in the Google graveyard it's, yet. It's hooked up to an iron lung in the Google compound. It's like, thanks for standing up for me, Andrew. Well, just running on one final server. Based on oh, how no. protective some of their people are over Stadia. Well, an email we received once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stadia is still going strong, guys. That's I right. still play There's... Destiny 2 every week on my Google Stadia. That's right. My Google Stadia machine. <laughs> called my tv <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i've just been just been freely hopping between games uh because of game pass aghd too much to it's the equivalent of like the netflix scroll mm. yeah i i do think though it's rad that the game streaming like when i first when they first announced it for xbox i was like oh it's kind of weird i mean i just download the game anyway right but downloading the game would take some time even if you have like really fast internet right but for this application or just like i want to try 15 minutes of this i don't know if i'm gonna like it but i just want to see it that's pretty handy yeah and there's the added benefit that the games that you're streaming are now on series x server blades so if you have a, a day one xbox one you can play series x games mm that you know especially like as you know stories are just continually happening of um you know how how short uh like how short stocks are like supplies for the ps5 and the xbox series x um that as long as you have you know a 15 megabyte down connection you can just pick up an original xbox one and play a series x game yeah or to your laptop yeah oh yeah exactly just yeah. play Series X games on yeah. your laptop, on your mobile phone. The the idea uh, of streaming phones, working right? like that, <laughs> of streaming working like that is so amazing. Like if that's a genuine future, like reality, where it is that relatively easy to do it, like 
That is such a cool Hardware game changer. Because I'm, I'm just thinking mm-hmm. of growing up, i not a wealthy family. It was a, I, li- I basically lived in a recycle, it was called Recycle Video Games, a secondhand store. And they had like a policy of like, if you returned it within 24 hours, they give you the whole thing. And it's like, all right, I'll see you tomorrow after I get this. <laughs> it was one game at a time and constantly just trading them. So I have like no games from when I was a kid at all because they're all traded mm-hmm. in to get a different game. And the mm-hmm. idea of this being a more accessible thing with something like Game Pass, which is relatively cheap, especially, you know, compared to paying for full price for games, like the, the accessibility just to get to the games themselves, that future looks so cool. I, that's amazing yeah. to me. Like to me, I would like ideal state would love to be in a place where you could go anywhere that has an internet access point. Like if you want to go to a cafe, yeah, or so something you like jack that. Jack into the cafe just, and you, j- you jack in to play your Mega Man Battle Network, yeah. which is not on oh. Game Pass. Oh, well, there's Garden no, Garden of Eden, one Battle step of Eden. from Eden, one step from Eden, and that's basically Battle Network uh, combat. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Right. But <laughs> yeah, but Mega Man and Lan, you can go to your rooftop party in New York and and. <laughs> that's right plug in uh, your party games oh no that's that's the switch yeah. we're thinking about the other one that's exclusively uh, a switch feature yeah you can't do that with your laptop <laughs> no. not even a little <laughs> i think that wraps us up for this week's episode though um so we hope you enjoyed and we hope you are checking out our game award nominees and slash winners that are going out on the site i think by now that you're listening if you're listening on a monday you can see i think multiplayer and writing are our best multiplayer game best writing in a game um and then just for the rest of the week every day we're going to be dropping new ones so stick around check them out i think they're going to be a lot of fun and let us know if you come and tell us how wrong we are right well (laughs) yeah (laughs) we are we established at the beginning that we aren't wrong so of course objectively yeah i don't know yeah. what stretch don will disagree but mm-hmm. yeah. and you can find all those awards at techraptor.net and if you enjoyed the show and you're you know you haven't subscribed yet uh feel free to subscribe it would help us out a lot and if you could leave us a review on itunes that would do wonders for us or if you're listening on youtube you know thumbs up comment down below subscribe there as well that would be rad uh we'll be back next week And if you celebrate the holidays, hope you have a happy holidays. uh, And we'll see you next week. Were were they called orcs in in WoW? Or did they have a weird, you know, Urukai or some shit? Well, well Urkai and orcs are two different things in Lord of the Rings. Uh, but there are orcs. Okay. Orcs but are in there. They're and basically this orcs. Called me a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, you'll find that when Sauron raises up the Urukai and they chant out their classic battle cry, that uh, this is a different species from what you would colloquial call uh, the orcs. Thank yeah. you for coming to my TED talk. Yeah, I think their battle cry roughly translates to we're not orcs, you fucking asshole. <laughs> There's just... All right. Uh, <laughs> you're acting like that's some obscure fucking knowledge. <laughs>